So this is our first of the bi-weekly series where we're going to meet and just go over different topics. Um, the way that I'm picking these topics for you is based on the questions I see coming in from you guys most often or things that have caught me up, things that I am finding, because even having been in this business a long time now, Google is my best friend. There's always something new that I'm learning on Medicare. And so one of the topics that I feel like catches people up a lot um, is HSAs. So does anyone have any questions basic to what an HSA or a health savings account is? Or does everyone understand what that is by itself? All right, so I'm going to move forward with the assumption that everybody pretty much knows what an HSA is. Um, what is really key for you to understand is that HSAs, when they were created, they HSA eligible plans state that a client can no longer contribute or receive contributions to those plans if they have other coverage in place. So when a client gets onto Medicare, even if they only pick up Part A, that disqualifies them from being able to make contributions or accept employer contributions into an HSA. So that should be one of the first things that you're focusing on with a client when you're talking to them about things that are happening when they turn 65. When I'm meeting with a client and I'm talking to a client, um, what I do is I just kind of understand their situation. I'm fact finding, I'm learning them. I'll ask them, you know, what is your current healthcare situation? Um, are you currently contributing or receiving contributions in an HSA account, a health savings account? They generally do know the answer. If they say, yes, they are. All right, great. That's just something I want to be aware of. I just want to make sure that you know that it, by joining Medicare, you will have to stop those contributions. Um, so I want you to take that into consideration. Now, if they defer Medicare, um, I still want to have a little mini conversation with them. Let's say that they're deferring Medicare. They're not going to jump on, but they are having HSAs. I want to make sure they understand, all right, there's a six-month look back on HSA contributions if you join Medicare post-65. So I want them to plan for their retirement. And this comes into the holistic planning for you guys and for the agents in your firm who are not focused on Medicare. Make sure they understand as they're figuring out retirement to get those HSA contributions shut off six months prior. Otherwise, what happens is they get into a penalty situation where the government can go back and say, oh, you owe taxes on this money for the last six months. I will tell you that whether or not they get audited is you know, kind of a crapshoot, but I just dealt with a client who found out two years later that they were still get doing the HSA contributions. They'd been on part A. And what we ended up doing is obviously I'm telling her she needs to go talk to a tax advisor. She needs to talk to a lawyer. They ultimately decided to immediately cease the contributions, goodwill that she was aware, um, and that should she be audited, should it come up, they have come up with a paper trail to be able to say yes, as soon as we found out we stopped it, and she'll deal with any kind of tax or penalty should it come up. So um, that's just a situation, a um, case study scenario that I um, have for you guys if you have questions. So with Medicare, when you're looking at the HSA coordination, there are some really great documents. Something that I'm going to send out after this, I will send high-level notes out um, about HSAs, but also there are great documents from the actual CMS Center of Medicare and Medicaid about HSAs and Medicare. 
And they have a great document called Turning 65 that helps kind of guide your client through what decision they want to make on Medicare. So I'm going to send those out to you as well. Um, it is also important with a health savings account to understand that workers can still opt to participate in an employer-sponsored health plan um, that is HSA eligible. If that's what's available through their employer, they just cannot make contributions and they cannot accept employer contributions. So you will see that come up sometimes where the health insurance plan through X employer is an HSA eligible plan. Um, they can still utilize that plan as long as those contributions aren't happening. Uh, you may not have that happen, but I bring it up because I feel like the weird situations just always come up for all of us, right? Um, initial questions about that. The other thing that I like to do at that point, I'm having, it, HSA is such a small conversation, but it can have such big impact, is that I ask them those questions and then we find out kind of about Social Security and are you gonna take Social Security? Are you currently receiving Social Security? Obviously, then you wanna know if they need to defer, you wanna make sure that they do not get auto-enrolled, which honestly, the best way around that is they call the Medicare. I tell all of my clients, call Medicare at nine o'clock at night. It sounds crazy, but that's when the, calls um, go through the quickest and there's the least problems. Many offices across the country are opening back up so they can schedule appointments, but I am hearing that there are long lines to get in for an appointment just because so many people want to come in the doors. So um, check your local office, see if they're open, see if they have examples for that as well. Um, additionally, something that you should really focus on with your clients as they're getting ready with HSAs is just keeping in mind that if they're turning 65 and they decide that they want to defer Medicare, they can obviously do that if they have that employer-based group health plan available to them, whether it's through them, whether it's through their spouse, but also making sure that they understand that private marketplace plans, typically COBRA plans and healthcare exchange plans are not considered creditable coverage. And so obviously as we turn 65 and move forward, if we don't have creditable coverage, penalty clock starts. Has anyone had any questions or anything happen with their clients around the penalty clocks and those kinds of things? You guys are very quiet today. Okay, so then um, really the only other information I was gonna give you today about HSAs uh, was some of the basics on them. Um, they were created back in 2003. Um, they were created with the idea of trying to help people with having that um, contribution from the employer and being able to get the tax deduction, but also to try to curb the expense of healthcare for those providing the plan. So if you've ever had someone who's on a um, plan like that, a lot of times they're going to pay a higher premium or they're gonna take on more copay, co-insurance risk um, to help save the person who's providing the plan money. And in return, a lot of times they put deposits into the account. Um, so if you have clients who are asking, you know, which one is better, um, should I go ahead and defer? I always tell them, you know, it's personal choice. Let's line up your insurance side by side with Medicare and see what's going to be the most cost effective for you. Also, let's take into account anything that may include a spouse in the house who would lose their coverage if they rolled off. And then ultimately, any kind of tax 
savings. I'm going to refer them to a tax advisor. I'm very careful to stay away from questions that I'm not qualified to answer, right? So I can do all kinds of things when it comes to Medicare and life insurance, but I don't have a Series 65. I'm not an investment person, so I'm going to steer away from that. I'm going to refer them back to somebody here at Magellan who's going to help them, one of you guys, or I'm going to tell them, talk to your tax advisor, talk to whoever's filing your taxes, talk to a lawyer, you know, stay away from the questions that you are not set to answer. Um, that's really all on HSAs. It shouldn't be a huge conversation for you, um, but if it comes up, it definitely is something you want to make sure that you have disclosed to your client because the difference between giving them that kind of advice and that kind of info sets you aside from those who are captive with certain carriers who come in, make the sale and leave, right? That's the things that are gonna attach your client to you. They're gonna get you that holistic grassroots referral. Um, you're giving them advice that frankly, they wouldn't have received otherwise. Um, and that's kind of leads into a conversation that we'll have at another date, but um, asking your clients, hey, do you have any other questions? If you know anyone in this kind of a situation that may need advice, feel free to give them my information. I'm happy to help. Don't ever let those opportunities for free advice pass you by. Um, they always all help. They help solidify the sale. They make you that expert, keep things sticky, but also it's a good opportunity for you to go and ask for that referral. I think that people get afraid to ask for a referral because they're not sure when to do it. Um, and frankly, those are the situations that people sit around over coffee talking about, oh my, yeah, I would have never known this if so-and-so hadn't told me. So don't let those pass you guys by. Um, 